Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. (laughs) I'm Grace Duffy. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on the world of social media. We are so excited today to bring this show to you by the power of Restream, who is a sponsor for our show. With Restream, you can go live to Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Amazon Live, which is what we're doing today. And you can check out more about that at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Restream. And today we are joined by Tara Zerker, and we're going to be talking and chatting about a new Facebook tool that automatically optimizes your Facebook ads for each person. And we're going to explore a new thing called Bulletin, which is Facebook's brand news let, no, brand new newsletter platform for writers. And Tara's pro tips and advice for creating ad copy that compels people to move on that calls to action. So we also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Ecamm. Uh, they are the, what's making this show possible. It's uh, You can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. If you'd like to build a live show like this one, make sure you go there at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. So if you don't know who Tara Zerker is, you really should because uh, she is one of the smartest people that I know about all this Facebook ad stuff. And she is the founder and CEO at Successful Ads Club, an online membership teaching business. She's I mean, she's teaching businesses owners how to master ads and lead generation. She has taught thousands of business owners to rapidly scale through the power of Facebook and Instagram ads. Tara, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here with you, too, and everybody who's here live. Yes, yes, very, very cool. So, uh, Grace, let's jump right into this first topic because uh, this is, I mean, you were even excited about this because you thought it was such a cool tool. It's a little spooky, too. I kind That's of, right. I, I can't wait to dig into this, right? Right. So, the, the, the headline is that Facebook added this new optimized text per person option for its automated ad creation process, right? So last week we learned that Facebook rolled out this new option. Again, it's called optimized text per person. Remember that because it allows advertisers to choose the primary caption, the headline and the description for your ads. And then Facebook will show one of these options based on what Facebook system recommends that the particular viewer looking at your ad at that moment will best respond to. So this tool has to be activated in your ad setup process. It's an opt-in. So for example, if you wrote an ad that said winter sale, outdoor gear, 
tons of discounts on outdoor gear, then the system would choose which one of those to show. So for someone, winter sale might be the thing for them. And for someone else, uh, you know, that those great discounts will be the thing for them. And that's what Facebook will choose to show in that ad based on who is looking at it. So reports say that this option is available to selected users for right now, but it is uh, setting up to make it available uh, to more regions over the next few days. Of course, this was reported last week, so it's probably in the process of rolling out now. Tara, have you had a chance to check this out? Or if you have, what what do you think of it? I wish that I had it on my accounts, but I don't see it yet. However, it's it's gonna be very cool, right? So think of, if, if anybody um, listening in has experience with like Creative Dynamic, where Facebook chooses, based on somebody's history, chooses the, you know, the ad copy, the image, it kind of creates the right combination, the individual, um, individualized, personalized combination for them. It'll kind of be similar for this new feature that's that's rolling out and in the process of rolling out. So in other words, um, you'll, you'll still build your ad the way that you normally do. You'll put copy in the copy, um, the body text and um, headline, you know, headlines in the headlines. But then Facebook's going to take all of that copy and they're going to do a little mixing and matching. And they're going to see, well, maybe, you know, that first line of copy actually works better as a headline. So they're going to play with it and see um, for that individual user what's going to perform best based on their previous historical data. So I love it when Facebook rolls out stuff like this that's customized to each person because you will see it really does perform much better. So for example, whenever you put a video in your ads, there's a little toggle switch when you click edit video. Um, I believe that it defaults to this now, but there's a little toggle switch where Yes, you could choose your thumbnail, right? You could make it super cute and fun and, and pick just the right um, piece of the video or upload your own thumbnail if you wanted to do that. But actually, Facebook will do it for you and they'll choose which thumbnail. They'll select several different thumbnails from your video and then they'll choose which one they believe will perform best for each individual user. So whenever you see things like that, where they're rolling out features that they're going to customize to every single person, you should default to those, at least test them and see, because oftentimes Facebook, unfortunately, unfortunately has so much data on us um, and they, they see our patterns and they can customize these ads and you know our entire newsfeed experience to really suit what they know that we like as an individual. In fact, they probably know us better than we know ourselves, right? <laughs> so that's, again, that's the, the pros and cons of these big platforms. But as an advertiser, it certainly makes things much easier for you. So that's the takeaway. Gotcha. So I wanted to uh, give a shout out to one of our supporters and friends. Sabrina says, wow, this sounds very cool. And yeah, so I want to just kind of I want to clarify this because, you know, once again, this is similar to, you know, what you were talking about, Facebook's multiple text variation for ad copy, which was added back in uh, 2019. Um and this variations of this ad text in a single campaign, you know, with the Facebook choosing what version to display based on those users, based on their usage behaviors. And like Grace said, it's it's a little scary. And this new version's similar, but 
it kind of lessens the the issue that advertisers have to create wholly different copy variants you know uh, so mm-hmm. when when is this something that you use a lot when you're building out uh things for your clients and uh pe- like you know you, you're in you run successful ad club is this something you mm-hmm. tell your students to use and use a lot Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to these features, what I have found to be true is usually you still want to go through a testing protocol. Mm -hmm. I teach a manual testing protocol, even though Facebook has the AB function, like AB testing functions and all of that. Typically for your average budget, I find those to be wildly ineffective. So not effective at all. When you do your testing, especially if you're, you know, if you've got a budget of a couple thousand a month, even up to a few thousand a month, you're still going to get more bang for your buck and more more helpful data by doing um, a manual testing protocol. So you're manually going to test copy imagery headlines. Basically, you're just launching, you know, um, you're just launching at the same time into the algorithm, you know, three copy tests and three to five image tests and, um, you know, three to five headline tests. And then you're going to put those together in a way that really is the most effective for your particular audience. And so taking, and you can do any sort of testing system that you want, as long as you're testing and it's methodical. And I feel like, you know, it would be incomplete if you weren't testing at least copy image and headline. However, you could be testing more things in addition to that, such as the call to action button. Um, By the way, the learn more and sign up buttons are typically the best ones. uh, if you're e-com shop now, but those are typically going to be your top performers. So you're going to want to take this through a methodical testing process. And then, and then, and only then do you start using these features that will customize things to each person. Um, for example, dynamic creative is an amazing feature that Facebook has, but if you used it for testing, you would be very disappointed with your results very quickly. It really, really actually performs incredibly well when you take your top winners and you pop them into into that feature, when you pop it into that dynamic creative. That's where Facebook can really take off for you. Because think about this, right? If you know that, let's say, you know, for every like few tests that you do, you maybe get one winner. Most of your things are going to be losers. As much as you think you know your audience, (laughs) most of what you test is going to be, they're going to be losers. It's just, it's just how it goes. And so, you know, if you're popping that into these amazing features that Facebook has, and now they're just sending out losing copy and losing imagery and losing headlines, it's still going to be a loser, right? But no matter how they customize that to the person, But when you take these amazing features that they have and you give them really good ad copy that has ten that has worked well in the past, you give them really good headlines to play with. You give them really good imagery that you know that your audience loves and not just because you're guessing like, oh, my audience will love this. No, because they've actually clicked on. They've actually purchased from those images. Then Facebook can take those winning elements that you have and they can actually just, I mean, take it 10 times farther than you could do yourself. So that's when it becomes really cool. But I don't recommend doing any sort of messaging testing with those features. Typically, you're going to have a really disappointing experience and then you might think this doesn't work or ads don't work. And those two are definitely not the case. It's just 
you're giving Facebook losing elements and they can't win with that for you. So you've got to give them winners. Gotcha. So uh, what I would think of like, okay, you still have to bake the cake. Uh, once you mm-hmm. bake the cake, this is the icing that you put on the top, like to take it kind yes. of the next level. So that's so good. I love that. No, you can I use can it anytime you want. Use it. For, it's it's for totally free. No, just, <laughs> so Grace, you had a, you had a question as well. I did. So, you know, these, both of these tools and all of these options that you're telling us about are very attractive because it's it's something extra to help you create your ads. But in your process, as you're doing this, you're talking about testing different images and finding uh, what really works, what already resonates and not using the, the loser content. Right. It's like how much time do these tools and utilizing tools actually save you in your own ad creation process? And, and how many variations do you have to test before it starts getting really complex to track? Oh, it's well, okay. So it can, if you have a huge budget and I personally have managed individual budgets up to quarter million a month. So that's kind of been where my, um, you know, like the top budgets for me have been, that is by the way, still not a huge budget in Facebook land, right? There's many, many agencies that deal with, um, multi seven figure spends per client each month. So, um, it's a good budget. It's definitely not the biggest budget. When you start getting into bigger and bigger budgets, you definitely have more sophisticated tracking platforms, backend software to help you, you know, double check your numbers and, and see things across various, um, you know, very like different attribution sort of views. For example, if somebody, um, you know, maybe they found your ad on their mobile phone, which is commonly the case, like 80% of all of Facebook um, is accessed through mobile only at this point. So 80% of people never see Facebook from their desktops. And as business owners, that's really important for us to remember because often we're the ones accessing Facebook only from our desktops or most often from our desktops. We have to remember our customers and clients are rarely accessing Facebook from their desktop. So when you think about, you know, um, how can I make ads that are super effective? You need to be thinking about how does this look on a mobile device? Is it easy to read? Is it very digestible? Um, will it stop the scroll a lot quicker thinking, you know, keeping in mind that we scroll through mobile much faster than desktop. So all of that is really important, especially as you think about what will convert and what does test well. Um, But when it comes to saving time, until you get into those really high budgets, I would say once you start getting above 10, 15, 20,000 a month, yes, it's gonna get a lot more, you know, your tracking's gonna become more sophisticated. It doesn't have to, but most likely it will just because you're going to want to start answering different questions. And your, um, just your ads dashboard is not always going to help you answer those questions. And so that's where you're gonna start thinking through things a little bit differently. But when you're under that kind of spend, you know, if you set up a round of testing and you're doing copy testing, imagery testing, headline testing, I always tell people plan on spending about 500 to a thousand dollars through that. You're going to be getting amazing conversions all along the way. You're just making your conversions become less and less expensive, right? Mm-hmm. So if your budget is 500 bucks for the month, okay, then the first month you're going to go through a round of testing and the next month you're going to work on scaling, right? So you're going to find your best ads and then you're going to take those to more and more audiences. Typically takes anywhere between seven and 14 days to do your testing. 
500 to $1,000 gets the job done, sometimes even a little bit less. And now you have a really good ad that you can play with on Facebook and be very, very effective with to bring in customers and clients. So when you're, when you're in those, um, what I would consider smaller budgets, it's not a huge burden. Um, and in fact, you're saving so much money that you'll see right away um, that it's easy to track, it's easy to test, it's easy to scale. When you get into those higher spends, yes, more complicated tracking. Um, you know, you're thinking about scaling a little bit differently. Uh, you know, I would say you can scale horizontally or vertically mm -hmm. and you're going to figure out like what works best for your account. So there's all sorts of things to consider once you start spending more. Um, and hopefully you do, because if you're spending right. more, that means that you are making more revenue, right? And, and ideally more profit. Um, so bigger spends, bigger revenues is kind of the goal. Gotcha. So I have a follow-up question um, about this. So we're, we've been talking about this in this first section, this new, they're adding this new optimized text per person option where that it's kind of like the dynamic, dynamic ads where they take it and they can chop up the text and move the headline around and all that kind of stuff that's really, really cool later on in the process. So do you know if this works for like video ads? I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on video ads, but when you were talking about like it, most of Facebook users are coming through mobile, I know that video is playing a big part on every platform and stopping the scroll with video is one of the things that a lot of marketers try to do. It, do you know if this is going to be added to, will this work for video view ads or video ads? Um, or is that a whole nother animal? I don't know. I wish I knew. Um, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that it will work mm -hmm. across all of the objectives um, because if it's effective, I think it's going to be extremely effective. I can't imagine why it wouldn't be effective. So I'm sure they'll roll it out across all of the objectives ultimately. Mm -hmm. um, and so that would be great. So what is your favorite objective? Like, do you, do you like using video ads? Cause I mean, that's one of my favorites just because yeah. I, I'm a video yeah. person, but uh, I just want to know, like, what if, like, if you said, okay, I've got 500 bucks, what type of ad yeah. should I do? What do you usually say to somebody? I would say you're going to do 10% of your budget, um, 10 to 20% of your budget kind of depends on your offer and your goal and mm -hmm. all that stuff. But 10 to 20% of your budget on video view ads or reach ads or something where you're building up a warm audience very inexpensively that you can continuously retarget. Okay, so that's going to make your lead costs much more expensive um, very quickly and also over time. So that's thing number one. Then I would take the majority of your budget, probably about, so let's say if you spent 10% on warming up an audience, I would take about 80% of that budget and I'm going to put that on conversion ads. So mm -hmm. most of your budget should go to conversion, conversion ads. So 70 to 80% of that budget, the remaining portion of your budget, depending on how you kind of break it up is going to be towards your retargeting. So conversion ads is where you're capturing leads, sales. So you're capturing phone numbers or emails or actual credit card transactions. And then retargeting is to kind of catch the rest of the people who saw your ad and may have been interested. Perhaps they clicked over to the page or they just thought, and I don't know if you guys ever do this, but I think, Ooh, that's cool. Let <laughs> me see if it comes across my newsfeed again. Right. Cause I don't have time right now. Or sometimes if I'm really intrigued, I'll click over to the landing page 
um, and, you know, keep it there on my, right. uh, you know, my browser on my phone and hope that I get back to it. Um, but really, you know, probably look for retargeting in my newsfeed, because if a, if a company is really good, they've got warm up ads, they've got conversion ads, and they've got retargeting. That's kind of your trifecta, your three in one punch that really gets the job done for lower, lowering your ad costs and getting those conversions that you're looking for. Um, so what did I not say? Website traffic. That's the biggest one that people come to us having done website traffic and saying, I'm not getting any results. And I'm telling you that website traffic is wildly ineffective for most of your conversion goals. If you're looking for emails, you're looking for phone numbers, you're looking for credit card transactions, and you're doing website traffic, very unlikely that that's going to be effective. It can be effective if you are also pairing it with conversion ads, but without conversion ads, I hate to say it, but 90% of advertisers are just wasting money and then saying, Facebook doesn't work for me. And it's just one click of a button and it would be working for you. And I have so many examples to illustrate that, but I'll leave it there because I think, um, I think that probably, uh, you know, <laughs> That probably educates people enough, but if right. anyone has any follow-up questions, let me know because that's a whole that's a whole issue. <laughs> See what I did there, Grace? I got like a little yeah. masterclass on Facebook ads just just by asking one question. So <laughs> that's a <laughs> mic drop mo moment. That's a great thing. That's going to be a, a clip later on because that was great, Tara. Thank you for that. So, um, and I'm glad we got that before we move on to our our next segment, which is uh, I wanted to, and you kind of did this already, but. Um, because TechCrunch recently had this article about the seven ad types that increase click-through rates. And, you know, of course, you know, Grace sends me these things and it's gated and I don't want to have to pay for it. So I'm like, well, Tara's going to be on. I'll just ask her. And I think you kind of did that right there. What you would you kind of mention, you know, the best ones. But is there anything else uh, other than you mentioned that a lot of... Um, uh, advertisers waste money on website traffic mm -hmm. and it's so to you is it is it all about the the ads that you can use for retargeting is that the biggest thing the biggest bang for the buck that you would say the biggest bang for the buck is that type of ad called conversion ads and let me explain why okay so it used to be that you could boost a post and really grow your business do you guys remember those days right. i have yeah. so yeah. many yeah. um members who you know i have a, a a ring engraver for example who used to be able to boost a post and literally fill his business from a few hundred dollars in ad spend on boosted posts each year. I mean, he would have orders out the wazoo um, from that. And he came to us simply because that didn't work anymore. Now, why wouldn't that work anymore if it used to work? Well, Facebook has our behavior so mapped out at this point. I mean, Grace, they know what time you're gonna wake up tomorrow <laughs> and log on to Facebook and Instagram and about how many posts you're gonna look at, how many ads you'll view, how many ads you might click on. They planned out your newsfeed already. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. So when you Amazing. think about that, Facebook has become very, very smart in knowing, you know, okay, well, Grace, usually she gives her email. So we're going to send her a bunch of ads that are asking for emails. And Jeff, well, he usually gives his credit card. So we're going to send him a <laughs> bunch of ads where, you know, people are pitching basically like e-com, right? Where they're actually pitching right. products from the ads. Or, oh, well, Tara, you know, she doesn't give her email too often. By the way, I give my email 
way too often, but um, <laughs> she doesn't give her email too often. So we're going to save her for website traffic. So she's going to get ads that, you know, normally she'll click off of Facebook. She'll go read the article, but she doesn't very often give her email or her credit card. So she's going to get all this website traffic, you know, um, these website traffic ads, but she's not going to get anything that's really asking for a credit card transaction. So think of how they have our behavior kind of categorized, right? Or let's say, you know, or, you know, Candace, well, Candace always um, she stays on Facebook. Doesn't matter what kind of ad we send her. She'll like it. She'll comment on it but she never leaves Facebook. She never clicks over to anything. So she's going to get boosted post ads, all right? So now that you know, this is why these things are so effective. So Jeff, they are saving, you know, they're saving your newsfeed for ads that are looking for purchase conversions. Mm -hmm. Grace, they're saving your newsfeed for ads that are looking for emails. And Tara, you know me, they're saving my newsfeed for ads that are looking for people who will click off of Facebook but never convert. And Candace, well, they're gonna save her newsfeed for boosted posts so she can comment and like on those posts all she wants, but she's never gonna, she's never gonna give her email or click off of Facebook. So now that you understand that, now you can start to see, um, okay, so this is why I need to do conversion ads and conversion ads that are looking for purchases, right? So for me, it's all about conversion ads. I don't actually mind what my cost per or my click-through rate is as much unless I'm looking for podcast um, downloads or blog, you know, then, okay, yes, I'm going to look at click-through rate all day and all night but I'm mostly looking at cost per conversion. Now, I do use click-through rate as a benchmark and a metric um, that's very, very important. So if click-through rate is under 1%, instantly I know that I am leaving money on the table, instantly. Mm. And click-through rate on, so there's always um, three metrics that I look at very, very closely. So the first is cost per result, the second is click-through rate, the third is CPM or cost per thousand impressions. And then bonus fourth metric would be your landing page conversion rate. So if I see click-through rate is under 1%, I can look at anyone ad, anyone's ads account and instantly tell them what's wrong with their ads because I know these metrics inside and out. Click-through rate, rate under 1%, oh, and I should say click-through rate on the link. So not CTR all, but CTR link. Mm -hmm. Then I instantly can see, oh, your messaging is not resonating and you need to go through a messaging, you know, round of messaging testing right. because these ads are way more expensive than they need to be. So click-through rate under 1%, I love to see it pushing towards 2%, but between 1% and 2% can be 100 tests. So that's not an easy feat, but if it's under 1%, you're leaving money on the table. If your CPM is over $42, you're leaving money on the table. If you've got a landing page uh, landing page that's converting under 30% for an email or a phone number capture, you're leaving money on the table. If you have an e-com sales page that's converting under 3%, you're probably leaving money on the table. It depends on exactly what you're selling. But those are kind of some benchmarks to help you quickly look at your ads account and triage what is wrong or how can you improve. 
That's so, oh, Grace. I hope you're taking wow. notes. I hope you're taking notes because I'm going to have to borrow your your notes afterwards, just like in school. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to bring up this comment. So, because Sabrina says, "I wish Facebook would deliver my groceries because they know me so very, very well." Oh my gosh! So yes, on, on, I make dinner. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And on this, so I, you know, you've, you those were. Those are great things, and I think that is amazing what we need to look for first. But one of the questions when you were talking that was coming to mind is, like, we've covered for a long time, you know, all the stuff between Facebook and Apple about the ads kind of being not being tracked yes. anymore. And I wanted to ask you, you know, like, what trends are you seeing? Is this going to affect, like, the stuff you're doing for your clients? Is there things that we need to start, if we haven't already, moving towards because they're not being able to track, especially we talked about mobile and how important that is. And that's what Apple is, is blocking right now. What are your thoughts and suggestions on that? Yes. Okay. So it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a bigger deal than most people are um, letting on. It's, it's definitely changing the game. Um, all right. So what do we need to know about this? Basically, I think I might be slightly off on this number, but it's something like 15, 15% 15 of worldwide mobile um, traffic is is iOS. Mm -hmm. Okay, 15, one, five. But in the US and a lot of Western countries, it's 50%, five, zero, right? So this is why it is really affecting so many advertisers. Essentially, we all know the deal, um, especially if you've been listening to the show, um, you know, Facebook or Apple is basically mm -hmm. saying, if you want to be able to track, you need to, like people have to individually opt into being tracked. Okay, very, very, very few people are doing that. Right, we know right. it's the majority are saying, uh, no, that's creepy. Do not track me. And so what's it going to do? It's gonna change the game for retargeting, absolutely. It's gonna shrink some of your custom audiences. Essentially, it creates like a cloak over your account. So even though those conversions are still happening on the back end, Facebook can't report it on the dashboard. All right, they can't mm -hmm. see and report those conversions that normally they'd be able to, you know, report just fine. Um, they can no longer do that. So yes, on some accounts, it's creating a dramatic um, difference and challenge because you're kind of flying blind. You're trying to have to figure out, you know, was it this ad set or that ad set that's actually doing okay or that's actually creating, um, you know, purchases, especially if those purchases come in um, you know, let's say a couple weeks down the road or anything mm -hmm. like that. So there's additional things too, where, you know, now the attribution window is shorter. So you can only see a shorter view on your data. And in addition, there's, um, report delays. So basically your data is not real time anymore. It could be up to three days of, um, you know, reporting delay. So, so people are shutting off things that, you know, three days, a few days later, they're like, well, actually that looked fine. What happened? It's because, all of this, um, all of these changes are taking right. place. So it's a big deal. We all know that you guys have covered this so many times. Um, but I believe that Facebook's going to, you know, as, especially as we get to first party tracking instead of third party tracking and all these platforms will come out with their own solutions. We're going to see that things kind of normalize and stabilize again. Eventually it will probably look very, very different. I imagine advertising two years from now is going to be um, actually marketing in general. Cause remember this isn't just ads. It's also email. Uh, right. Apple just changed the game yeah. for email too. So 
marketing is probably, you know, we're on the, um, it's the dawn of a, a, a really a new day when it comes to marketing and how things will be done. But you just have to remember the, the basic principles of marketing have pretty much always been the same. The techniques, uh, you know, the technicalities and the tracking and being able to see your data, that's going to be very different moving forward. But you just rely on, you know, tried and true and classic marketing techniques, and that probably will never fail you, no matter what things change or what things come on board. New platforms, new features, new tools, um, all everything. There's so much new, but the principles are always the same. So hopefully that helps. But yes, it's it's going to be a very different world in two years from now right. with the data and what right. we're able to see and how we're able to see it. Absolutely. Well, you've piqued my interest, okay? Because now I want to hear what are your predictions for the marketing space over the next two years? I mean, uh, you know, I've always said no matter what, marketing principles have stayed the same. So I am totally in agreement with you. But what are some of the things that we should be kind of ready to jump on? Because I, for one, always think about like, oh, I wish I'd done that or I wish I'd done that. Well, it doesn't help now, right? So help us get ahead of the game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, here's here's my short-term prediction because all of, you know, Facebook is funded by advertisers. There's no secret to that. They need to keep us happy. As much as they, you know, introducing small frustrations can actually spike their revenue. So, you know, you think about these changes they make and how much advertisers spend trying to figure out these changes by doing all these experiments, right? Sometimes Facebook makes these changes and they're very quiet about them, but we notice that things are, you know, something's not working the way it did. And what do we do as advertisers? Will we spend more money? So um, Facebook, you'll, I don't know, the conspiracy theory, but sometimes (laughs) I wonder, do they make all these changes? Um, you know, and you can see it. You can see it in their in their um, earnings reports. Like mm-hmm. you can see that you know algorithms change quietly behind the scenes, and there's a huge spike in revenue. And and so you know there's there's something there. But um, in this particular situation, they are frantically trying to make sure that their advertisers have new tools and features and can remain happy. Why? Well, because People are taking their their budgets off of Facebook. They're saying, well, enough of this. I'm going to diversify to Google and YouTube and Pinterest and TikTok, Mm -hmm. um, pretty much probably. Oh, and LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's say, you know, in order, I see that people are fleeing Facebook and going to um, YouTube and Google, LinkedIn, Pinterest and TikTok. This is and and then Snapchat after that. This is where people are taking those budgets and they're diversifying in, in those ways. And so. Facebook knows they're hustling. It wouldn't surprise me if over the next six months, just to kind of um, make things good for their small business owners, it would not surprise me if we see the algorithms really loosen up. So maybe your posts on your Facebook pages start getting more reach. Maybe your Instagram starts getting a little more reach. I would not be surprised. And obviously with good content, right? They're never going to reward any plot, you know, any business, um, any profile that has content that is not engaging, but where they see engagement happening, I believe that those algorithms are going to loosen up so they start getting more reach. So maybe your um, your your Facebook lives, your IGT or your IG uh, Instagram lives, mm-hmm. your you know that sort of thing. I bet they start getting more reach over the next few months. So I think that's kind of a short term prediction. 
I see that this first party tracking, you know, the, the API tools that they have, those are going to get start getting a lot more play as people change their tracking methodologies from third person to first person. So basically, that data is coming to your server. It's you're the one that's kind of capturing your data. Um, and then we'll see probably a huge pro proliferation of, you know, new tools um, and softwares for small business owners to be able to use their own data more effectively and, you know, see what um, see what kind of data is coming through and how they can help, um, how that can help them make more sales. So all of that will definitely start happening when it comes to email marketing. I mean, that's the next thing that's getting disrupted mm -hmm. very quickly. Um, you know, people are going to start having to track different me different metrics and that's across the board. So maybe you're not going to be able to see um, your open rates as accurately as you normally do. So you're going to start tracking, well, how long does somebody stay on my list? How long does it take them to purchase once they're on my list? There's all these new um, ways or new things that we're going to have to look at. We've been so spoiled by all of this data right, for these right. So many years, yeah. you know, I, yes. I remember when Facebook advertising was just brand new, it was just a baby. And, um, and, and really, I mean, until very recent years, remember Facebook's been pulling back data for a few years now, just because there's been so many privacy, um, right. Right. uh, you know, concerns. And so, but when you compare, you know, what you can even see, let's say before iOS 14 to two or three years ago, it was already starting to be, you know, pulled back pretty dramatically. Um, and now they're just taking it forward to, you know, what's going to become the next wave of, of like, of privacy, basically. And so, um, and this follows, you know, this, this kind of is following GDPR. So people are thinking, oh, mm -hmm. Apple's just trying to, you know, mess us all up. But really, right. it was GDPR that kind of right. led the way. And then Apple's kind of, okay, so now Apple's pushing things forward a little bit. But really, we're just getting to a place where people own their own data, which is honestly, probably what should be happening anyway. And where people give permission, because your data is, is your data is your own. And, and I think we've maybe given it away so freely or not really thought about it. But now we're starting to see the different ways that people are using our data. And it can be honestly a little bit scary, you know? Yeah, and so yeah. it, mm -hmm. it is important that we are moving things forward in this way. But as marketers, it creates some difficulties for our job. We have to figure out different ways to do things. And and we'll figure out new metrics that we track in order to see if we're being effective because definitely the things we've been tracking in the past aren't going to work as well anymore. Gotcha. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, Facebook's got to make people happy, but you know what makes me happy is Ecamm. So see how I did that transition right there? Wasn't that perfect? So if you can That's find out more at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash ECAM, they are what makes this show hap happen. Uh, and by the way, they are actually starting this brand new boot camp, boot camp called Leap Into Live. And it's amazing. You'll learn how to perfect your live video productions, how to build, uh, uh, build and brand your content, how to crush your partnership pitches and monetize your videos. You can build a, and scale a close-knit community like we have here with live video. And what's really cool is 
you'll learn how to master your audio mix and crush your podcasting goals if that's something uh, you're interested to do and also how to remote produce live events for your clients but you can find out all about that and sign up it's like open just recently i'm going to be speaking there you can find out more at leap into dot live forward slash home that's leap into live leap into dot live forward slash home so i'd love to see you guys over there I didn't even know you were speaking there. See, I'm surprised. I learn new things from the show every day. That's right. Every week, every week. So Ecamm, of course, works flawlessly with our other sponsor, Restream. So it is the best and fastest way to distribute all of that content to Facebook, Facebook groups, Facebook pages, YouTube, LinkedIn. We are, where else are we going? Twitter, (laughs) Amazon Amazon Live, Live. everywhere. Mm Yeah, so, and especially if you are trying to combine live video, audio, and podcasting into your marketing strategy, which we do here, so you can find out more on how to create those fully branded experiences that go everywhere at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash restream, socialmedianewslive.com forward slash restream. Very cool. And so we had just talked about um, some new ways that we may have to market and some new opportunities that are happening. So, and this may be one of them. So Facebook is launching this new newsletter platform called Bulletin. And so this week, Facebook CEO and founder Mark Zuckerberg, he dropped some new uh, product news in his, uh, the new live audio rooms, you know, his brand's clubhouse competitor. And he announced this new thing called Bulletin. It's a newsletter platform. It's Bulletin.com. It's a standalone site and it's by Facebook, but it often offers websites for writers to engage with, grow, and monetize their readers, and it's going to leverage Facebook to help increase their reach. So it's a set of tools for writers to, to publish and customize a standalone website for their content. So it's got publishing tools. It's got sustainable, hopefully, business models. It's got some discovery and distribution. It's got some great community building features built in, and it's currently launching in the United States with a select group of writers like Malcolm Gladwell, Mitch Al album, Aaron Andrews, Tan France, and more features and tools are supposed to be rolling out during the coming year. And the interesting thing is 100% of subscription revenues go to the creators. And Facebook is going to handle the portability of content and email lists. They're going to be the ones who are collecting subscriptions, analytics to help writers understand their audience. And it's what caught my eye. It's supposed to help um, you find articles, podcasts even, which podcasts we talked about last week rolled out on Facebook, a more diverse range of creators, and it's going to cover topics and communities that hopefully you care about. And so, and it's also has this thing for exclusive content that you can unlock by having a subscription model for these uh, publications. It's going to use Facebook pay. So uh, it's really interesting how all these things are going and they're trying to keep the conversation going on Facebook with this live audio and all this stuff that's going on for creators and subscribers. So, you know, the announcement, uh, Tara, noted that Bulletin would also integrate with Facebook pages. So what do you think the opportunity is for business pages once this uh, becomes available to more and more writers? Yeah, it'll be so interesting. I imagine a huge... Um, you know, diversity of how people are using the, this, this tool, this feature, Mm -hmm. um, and integrating into their pages. I mean, I could see a lot of businesses putting their blogs on this, um, you know, podcast promotion, all of that stuff. I was diving into it a little bit and just 
pretty impressed with it. I mean, it looks beautiful. It's easy to navigate, super intuitive. I mean, it is Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. um, but they're looking for, what is Facebook looking for? Time on platform, right? right? So we know, I mean, I'll just kind of tease out what I'm thinking in terms of, you know, what does Facebook want from small business owners? They want time on platforms. So we know that creating, you know, putting our best content on Facebook is going to reward us as business owners. Because if we see, if Facebook sees engagement, they see people interacting, spending minutes reading our posts, um, you know, spending hours listening to our podcasts or being in our audio rooms, then what are they gonna do in the algorithm? We're gonna get a higher ranking. We're gonna get, you know, top spot in the, in the newsfeed. So I don't know, I'm excited to see all the diverse ways that people use this. Um, but I would just think, you know, as a business owner or a marketer, your strategy should be, how do I fulfill Facebook's goals of, you know, um, of keeping of more time on platform? Mm -hmm. Well, that just means your most engaging content. So right. use your most engaging content. Don't, don't use th those features for fluff or, you know, to do something just to do it. You want to be really thinking like, how can I help Facebook with their goals? Because if you help them with that goal, then ultimately you're going to be the top of the newsfeed. So it won't be other things. And I'll just say too, whenever Facebook rolls out a new feature or Instagram, we know that we should be jumping on it. So if it's something that fits into your marketing strategy, if you're already using social audio or you're already using um, you, you're already blogging and now Facebook introduces this way for writers and authors to, you know, basically have their blogs on a Facebook platform. The more that you use that stuff, the, the more like Facebook's going to throw traffic right. at you. They're going to throw attention at you because they want these features to take off and really stabilize in their platforms. You know, it costs them, you know, bazillions of dollars to develop this stuff. And so many hundreds of team members that, that work on these things, they want to make it successful. So um, you help them and they'll help you. That's kind of the, the big takeaway. Very cool. Yeah. I like so I, I was, I was really like, um, I just got access to the podcast feature. Uh, it's not oh, populated cool. yet, but it came through and I'm like, yes, because I know I'm going to have to really, you know, push it out there. But it's and the other interesting cool. thing that on this press release is that they mentioned, you know, the first thing I look at when they say, you know, um, cause going through Facebook is like who owns what at the end of the day. And they said that you will be able, if you want to go off platform is take the subscriber list with you, which mm -hmm. That's a big deal that Facebook's even mm -hmm. saying that at the get go. And so that I think is going to open it up and have it be a lot more attractive to a lot of people. If like, oh, I own the list. OK, I can do this maybe. And so I thought that was really smart of Facebook putting that out in the press release. And Grace, I know that you started, you know, doing this kind of stuff, writing when you first started your whole social career. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, my whole career in social media marketing started with blogging by first launching a company blog for a company I used to work for and then launching a series of my own personal blogs. And that created a tremendous amount of community. I mean, there's still people that I feel close to today that I've never met in person because I got to know them through their writing. But eventually that whole world was quickly eclipsed by social media, Facebook, first right. of all, Facebook and Twitter. And then over time that has progressed to more video and we're seeing, you know, the progression of video content. And then now social audio was a big boom this last year. And this feels like we're just kind of going 
backwards back to the blogging, right? The very basic writing, communicating that way, creating community. Where do you think Bulletin fits in this whole progression? Because over the last few weeks, we've talked about all the different things uh, Facebook has been introducing. In fact, it's quite a crowded space because I think if there's video, there's a video product, Facebook has it. There's an audio product, Facebook has it now, right? <laughs> so where does Bulletin fit into all this? Oh, that's such a good, I mean, it's a good conversation. I think that, you know, really what we're seeing is a segmentation of how people like to digest things, right? So when we, I mean, really think back to 10 years ago and blogging was kind of, we didn't have Zoom, we didn't have Slack, we didn't have, you know, live video uh, capabilities, at least that I know of. I don't think 10 years ago, any of, you know, there wasn't a live video. And in fact, video was kind of hard to upload onto these platforms. It was, you know, really heavy. Our computers weren't as fast. I mean, there was all these, well, and we didn't have our mobile device. You know, there's all right. these different reasons why, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't have, we weren't dependent on video like we are now, for example. But now I think that we're just seeing, okay, well, we've all got these different ways that we like to learn, process things, absorb things, you know, um, we all have different ways that we even like to zone out, you know, and I think Facebook has, and the world has just developed tools for everybody. Some people love audio. They love audio books. They love podcasts. Now they love social audio. Some people are just video people. I'm not a YouTube person myself. I don't go to YouTube to, you know, find things, but I can't tell you how many um, people in our community do. Like they go to YouTube first and, and I'm just not that way. I go to blogs and reviews first. That's always my kind of search mechanisms. I go to Amazon to, um, you know, to like do market research. I, I think everybody just does things so differently. Some people love audio, some people love video, some people love reading. Um, some people love reading short form. Some people love reading long form. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think Facebook is just adapted to, you know, bring this whole suite of tools and features as overwhelming as it is into their platform. And again, their goal is time on platform. So they know if they can entertain um, more people in the ways that they like to learn and grow and, and absorb things or watch things, then they're just going to have more market share and they're just going to be a dominating force for that much longer. You know, all these platforms, it's interesting, like Facebook is starting to get disrupted a little bit, especially because, you know, um, definitely legislatively they're not as able right, to right. absorb these platforms as they once were um so i think we will start to see more and more of a rise of a new suite of social media tools you know TikTok being an example clubhouse snapchat still being you know their own thing and i think that we're gonna we're gonna see like a lot more diversification of the platforms that we turn to over the next few years do you guys think the same do you think we'll continue to see well, I, I think oh, I know, ins instead of, I'm oh, sorry, Grace, but I, I was going to say before, I think that um, one of the things is because, you know, they can't absorb companies they want, they're changing their companies. Like even Instagram this week yeah. announced like, hey, we're no longer a square photo sharing thing. We want to be YouTube and TikTok. I mean, they said that their director of, yeah. uh, said it. So I think that they're going to be sw switching, just like you were saying, Tara, to something that they can be a piece of that for everybody. I'm sorry, Grace, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Oh, so I've got a very snotty question to ask. <laughs> I want to know what 
problem is bulletin solving because I mean you kind of alluded to this a few minutes ago but what is the benefit of using bulletin over creating and distributing your own content over having you know on your own website mailing lists and you know like Jeff can talk about you know how we you know overcome the algorithm by using text messaging to to reach yeah. our listeners and our viewers right so and it's not that hard to create your own website anymore right I know that you know, you can get really technical into it, but I mean, it's really not that hard. So tell us about what problem do you think this is solving and what is the benefit of this over using, doing your own thing, having your own website? Well, as I was looking at who are the first people using Bulletin, right? They're big names. So what are the priorities for people who already have a pretty good following? more market share. So reaching people that maybe have heard of them, but never have really been, you know, interested enough to dive into their work, you know, drawing. So more market share is going to be one. Um, and also what looks like a partnership with Facebook. So for them, it's very elite and prestigious to say, keep in mind, Facebook is actually paying. They've actually, um, they have contracts with these initial writers. So, um, there's a monetary reason, but probably way more important. It's, it's the it's the collaboration like they're partnered with Facebook at the at this point, and so when we so and that in Facebook is using them to kind of draw the rest of us in eventually, right? Um, think about when when Facebook pages first came out. And this is not my own thought, but honestly, I can't remember who or (laughs) where I read this to attribute it to the right person. Um, So my apologies, if anybody knows, please pop it in the chat. Um, But when Facebook pages first came out, uh, what did every single business owner do? They put it everywhere. Follow us on Facebook, follow us on Facebook. It was in commercials, it was on like packaging for products, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at a box of Cheerios and it had follow us on Facebook. Right, it did, yeah. So everything, I mean, TV commercials, Super Bowl commercials, uh, uh, product packaging, I mean, everywhere. And we were using it in our marketing too. We were using it as part of our sales funnels. We were using it in emails. I mean, it was just every single place. And to some extent it still is, right? Because we still have the follow buttons on our website and all that stuff. What did Facebook realize? Well, that was just free advertising for them to get us on their platforms. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't need to do very much advertising at all because literally they had the entire business world doing the advertising for them. Right. So whenever they introduce a new thing and they can't just introduce a new thing, they have to give it a ton of attention, traffic, right? Then what they see is this huge, I mean, massive, insanely millions of business owners start promoting their products. So I'm imagining they're kind of hoping for the same thing with, um, with bulletin, right? Hey, come, you know, check us out on bulletin. And we as Mark, the, the exchange there is Facebook saying you can tap into a whole new world of people that you've never, um, marketed to before. And, and, and we'll send them, we'll send them to you. You're going to have so many new fresh eyes on your stuff organically, so we'll see what happens with bulletin. Maybe bulletin, I don't know this for you know fact, just thinking it through, bulletin could be the reinvigoration of pages, right? Mm-hmm. So this could be the feature that completely revitalizes pages and gets business owners excited about, about using their pages again and putting their stuff on Facebook. Because how many business owners right now are excited about their Facebook pages? Right. Literally, 
zero out of a hundred, you know, (laughs) I mean, nobody is. And if anybody's putting content on their pages, it's out of pure obligation. Nobody's expecting unless they have a huge following. Mm -hmm. But even then those people are just as disappointed. Your Red Bulls and your, I mean, all the companies that actually get the best engagement numbers are hugely disappointed when they're getting, you know, half a percent reach on their content. So nobody's happy with pages. Maybe this will be the thing that they're introducing that they say, okay, this is our opportunity to make pages the it thing again. But what is really good on Facebook right now? Facebook groups. And so what is every business owner doing? That's right. Join my Facebook group, join my Facebook group, join my Facebook group. So the more of us that they have talking about their features, the more we draw audience in for them and we actually keep audience on platform for them. That's a great point. So that would be great. I sure hope that I sure hope you're true about that. So that's, that's great. Yeah. Well, that, that will be interesting. So Grace, I know you wanted to talk about this real quick before we wrap things up. So talk about this good ideas festival. This sounds all for good ideas. Well, as Facebook knows, because they know everything, as we've That's well right. established today, is that a majority of their advertisers, the people that are still excited about those Facebook pages, those hundred people we were talking about, tend to be small businesses, right? Small mm-hmm. businesses do a lot of their advertising, a lot of their marketing using Facebook is still very effective groups, pages, whatever, right? So Facebook is hosting a seven week virtual experience, a webinar classes called the Facebook Good Ideas Festival. So you can search that up, Facebook Good Ideas Festival, and it's offering free training and marketing services on how to best use the platform for for supporting your small business. And so the purpose of this was that you know, a lot of businesses experienced a lot of negative effects due to the pandemic this past year. And you know, it evolved, it changed a lot of things, like it's definitely, definitely how consumers, um, you know, consumers wanted to shop, shifts in in their desires for privacy, as we covered, and then, of course, the increase in mobile usage. So, um, and the rise of that creator economy, you have more people that may not be working, may not have been working this past year, and so they found other sources of revenue through being creators, whether it was sharing a hobby, sharing an interest, launching a show like we did, uh, you know, so they want to create this resource. And so, Tara, I want to know how your business evolved and adapted over this past year of incredible change oh yes incredible change um well a lot of our business our business is serving small business owners so you know across the board we saw pivoting everywhere and our job was to help people pivot offers think of solutions um we were seeing so many different offers different solutions across so many different industries that a lot of people turned to us and said, can you help me figure out how to pivot my offer? So it's not that their products needed to pivot as much, you know, in some cases, yes, because they were definitely like purely offline. But in a lot of cases, it was just the offers on it. So for example, if you were a local business and, you know, still allowed to um, perform your product, you know, Mm -hmm. perform your service or sell your product, um, sometimes it was just like home delivery or, you know, something more than curbside pickup, but home delivery or, um, you know, having the service performed on your porch. So sometimes it was just simple little tweaks like that and it got the job done. And other times it was just a complete 180 on what they were 
how they were packaging their products and services in order to make them, um, you know, really appealing to an audience that was stuck inside or stuck in their neighborhoods and um, had limited places to go and limited things to do. So um, that was crazy, helping so many business owners through that. And definitely, um, I think for, you know, what we kind of saw behind the scenes for all these businesses was some of them did really well and some of them, um, you know, shrank quite a bit and some of them had to restart. yeah. or re-engage once it was all said and done. And I mean, there was just such a massive range. Our job kind of stayed the same, helping businesses figure out you know, how to use advertising in order to grow their revenue. Um, and the way we do it, did it was pretty much the same, but I would say that our strategies and our toolkit expanded tremendously. <laughs> um, and it really taught us how to think about, you know, how do you, how do you orient a business during crisis? Because, uh, that's probably, you know, I hate to say it, that's probably not the last time we're going to see, um, yeah. I don't know, you know, something like that. I, I hate to say a pandemic, but uh, you, you know, if you, if you listen to the experts, they say these things will start happening, you know, instead of every hundred years, they're going to start happening more frequently, hopefully not every decade, but certainly we need right. to prepare for the possibility of things like that happening again. Or you think about recessions or mini recessions. Okay, so how do you think about how to how do you conduct business during any sort of crisis? Could be a natural disaster. It could be um, financial disaster. It could be you know literally what we just went through a pandemic. How can you move your business forward? Or what would you do in those cases? So um, really great really great exercise i'm sure for everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know if they feel that yet but i'm sure in 10 years we'll look back and say um man that was a we got through it it challenged us we overcame yeah. we grew um or we pivoted or we started fresh with something even better mm-hmm. um you know hopefully everyone will look back and say that was awful but it was good in in some way right Absolutely. well this is great because we talked about um you know this section about facebook good ideas uh, uh summit or whatever they're doing well we've had plenty of good ideas from th- on this show from tara i don't know but i think you know i think you know why i thought she she's amazing at this facebook stuff so tara before we go where can people find out more about you we've been flashing up your uh, uh, on the screen but for our podcast listeners uh where is the best place for the, us to to find out more about you and what you offer Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jeff. Yes. Um, SuccessfulAdsClub.com is our website. You can learn about our membership and join if it resonates. And of course, please come find me on Instagram. DM me, connect with me. My Instagram is Tara Zerker. Awesome. And of course, my amazing producer and co-host, Grace Duffy, where can they pe- find people find out more about you? Well, we follow Tara's advice and we too have a Facebook group for Restream. You can find that on Facebook called Restream Community if you want to know more about how to up your live video game. And then we also have a YouTube channel where we have a whole series of shows, a whole bunch of shows on the topic of uh, live streaming. So check us out there. 
Yeah, don't forget my friends over at Ecamm with their brand new spanking uh, Leap Into Live Bootcamp that's coming up. Uh, you want to go register for that right now by going to leapinto.live forward slash home. That's leapinto.live forward slash home. Our next show is at Friday, July 9th at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Amazon Live. If you would like to get reminders about the show, make sure you guys text us at 903-287-9088. That's 903-287-9088. Thank you so much for our audience. All the great questions. Everybody who showed up live today, we appreciate you, and we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Social Media News Live.